Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 8 through 12, and in your Schofield Bible, page 238. And let's stand together, please, for the reading of God's Word. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people, that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. When thou comest nigh unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be, if it make the answer of peace, and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee, and they shall serve thee. And let's finish together on the twelfth verse, please. And if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it. And let's pray. And Father, of course, this is a wonderful place to be for the preaching of your word for the hearing of that which you've given thy servant to speak to us and there's just no better circumstance for a Christian to be in than that circumstance we find ourselves in today so we pray that you'd help us to make the best possible use of this favored place and this favored position in which we find ourselves this morning Open our hearts, we pray, and help us to drink to the full the life-giving water of thy word. Refresh us, we pray, and bless our preacher in Jesus' name. Amen. I came in toward the end of the ministry of Dr. Bob Jones, Sr. In fact, when I met Dr. Bob Jones, Sr., he was about three years younger than I am now. And he and I were very, very close friends. In fact, on his deathbed, he called for me. And I took our daughter, Becky, who was very close to him. And we flew down and spent some time with him in his little room there, just a few hours or days before he went to heaven. Dr. Bob Jones, Sr. Uh, called me off to the side one day. We were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both of us were speaking at a sort of the Lord conference with Dr. John Rice. And Dr. Bob Jones Sr. called me off to the side, and he said, I want to give you two bits of advice. He said, number one, keep your testimony fresh. I'm not going to elaborate on that one, but the one that I'm going to elaborate on is number two. He said, Brother Hiles, I believe you can build a great church someday. But he said, you don't have to have brains to build a great church. But immediately I felt qualified. And he said, you don't have to have brains to build a great church. He said, you have to have character to build a great church. He said, and this is what he said, he said, you can borrow brains, but you can't borrow character. You can borrow brains, but you can't borrow character. Now, it may seem for a while in my sermon that that statement has very little to do with it, but I think when it's all over, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I had yesterday, I spent most of the day <coughs> counseling. And uh, one man came in, remember our church for, I guess, 35 years. 
he came in and sat down, and I said, uh, what can I do for you? He said, keep, he said, keep feeding me like you do from the pulpit all the time. That's what he said. I thought a good night. He'd come in just for that. That's what he said. He said, he said, it seems like that you've been reading my mail and that you seem to check and know exactly what I need. I got a letter the other day and the lady said, well, I was I've often decided I was going to come and see you. I said, between the time that I set the appointment and the time I make the appointment, you answer my question in the sermon. Now, I want to tell you this morning, uh, if that be true, why it's true. I am going to read my text without your turning to it, and it's a startling text. And the officers shall speak further on the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. I want to speak this morning on the subject, if you're a quitter, don't start. If you're a quitter, don't start. That's what he's saying here. He's saying if you're faint-hearted, go home. Get out of here. I got a battle to fight. He said, you hang around the troops, and you're faint-hearted, uh, they'll become faint-hearted. If you're discouraging, they'll become discouraging. If you're depressed, they'll become depressed. If you're negative, they'll become negative. I want to speak on the subject, if you're a quitter, don't start. Set up straight. I want you to hear me carefully. Father, I want to be a blessing. Uh, that man who said, keep feeding me, he needs to be fed. He has burdens and he needs to be fed. But that man represents several thousand people here this morning. And here I am, just a country preacher. But I have a book that's eternal. I have a truth to give him from that book. Help me as I speak and our people as they hear. Amen. I ask you to listen. That's all I ask you to do is listen. Every teenager, hush. Every senior saint, be alert. Slap your face. Slap your wife's face. Slap your husband's. No, no, just slap your wife's face. And listen carefully. College students, you can court later on. Shut up and listen to what I'm going to say this morning. Follow me carefully. The Israelites were soon to enter into Canaan. Recall the land of Canaan when it relates to the children of Israel, the promised land. Now, we're so casual in our reading of the Bible and our explaining of it, uh, we don't ever think often to think what the word promised land means. It means it was a land that God had promised. God had promised them that they could have the land. But they had been promised that they also must fight to possess it. God never gives anything to a lay, as, as B.B. Krim used to say, God hates a lazy devil. I don't think God hates anybody, but God hates laziness, and God is not pleased with a lazy rascal, I guarantee you for sure. So whatever God has to give you, he gives you in response. You don't earn it, it's a gift of God, but he gives you in response. Uh, God uh, is a responder, if you please. His promises are mostly, if you, I will. If you do, I will. If you will, I will. Second Chronicles 10:14. If my people, 
which are called by name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll hear from heaven. God says, then will I, if my people will thus and thus and thus, then will I. In Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. And here comes God's thoughts. I'll make him like a tree, planted by the river waters. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. If you will do these five things, God said, then I'll do these four things. Uh, in John 5:24, verily uh, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You hear, believe, then I will give you everlasting life. In John 15:7, you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. If you ask, it shall be done. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then ask, and it shall be done. Acts 16:31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. If you will believe, then I will save you. Jeremiah 33:3. 3. Call unto me. And I will answer thee. So God is a responding God, and don't leave me yet now. God is a responder. You believe, I save. You call, I answer. You come, I will give you rest. Uh, you confess, I will forgive. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and uh, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God is a responder. Now follow me carefully, and here's the sermon. The Israelites are facing the land of promise. Now, God has promised them that land, but he's promised them the victory. And there are no victories without battles. So God said, you keep going there and you possess that land. And I promise you, I will give you the victory. There are enemies to fight. There's a land to clear. There are houses to build. There are crops to harvest. And there's work to be done and battles to be fought. So God said this. He said, now follow me carefully. He said, with this land to conquer, and with these houses to build, and with these crops to raise, and with this land to clear, and with these enemies to face, God said, one thing we don't need is a, is a negative person. So, he says, if you are faint-hearted, go back to your house. Or you will influence others. Now, it's obvious that the ones who are faint-hearted knew who they were. Because God didn't say, send the faint-hearted back. He said, you know who you are. You know if you're negative. You know if you're critical. You know if you're a critic. You know if you're a gossip. You know if you're de 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 depressing. You know that. Now, God said, we don't need that. We don't need it. We've got a battle to fight. We have a land to conquer. We have, we have victories we've got to win. And we need people on the upbeat. And God said, if you are faint-hearted, go on back home, or you'll cause others to get faint-hearted also. Now, the word faint-hearted means small-souled. Small-souled. What he's saying is, if you are a little person, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody home this morning? If you are a little person, God said, we don't need little people in this battle. Go on back home, he said. Go back to your house if you are a small soul. It means negative. It means discouraging type person. It means a, a, a disheartening kind of a person. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are that kind of person, do me a favor. Go to Slobovia and, and get beside a little creek there somewhere and build you a shack. Listen to me, young people. 
and stay there and don't you cause the rest of us to get downhearted. Now, God said we got battles to fight. And by the way, so do we. We have victories we want to win. We have more, more battles we want to, want, want to win. We have more ground to cover. We have more, more accomplishments to make. And God said, if you are not an, up, an objective person, if you're not a positive person, if you're not an upbeat person, go back home and stay in your house or you'll discourage the other people. The word fearful. He said, the fearful and faint-hearted. The word fearful, I like that, it means flight. If you are a flighty person, it means the kind of person that goes back. If you come to the battle and, and you turn and fly back or make a, take a flight back, he said, if you're that kind, he said, go back home. If you turn back, he's saying, if you are a quitter, don't start. God is saying, you go back home or you'll contaminate the rest. Quitters, he said, go home. Go home. Gossips, go home. Negative people, go home. I know what somebody's saying right now. I bet he's preaching to me, and I bet you're right. Because you know who you are. Anybody becomes offended for this sermon, immediately you classify yourself. Yeah, I'm saying, brother, people who are negative never do a thing positive, never do a thing for God. And God's saying, you have a land to, to conquer here. You have houses to build and, and, and ground to clear and victories to win and, and crops to raise and a harvest together. And he said, we don't need the people who are negative. He said, if you are, you go back home. He's saying, quitters, go home. Gossips, go home. Negative folks, go home. Discouraging people, go home. It is obvious that this crowd knew who they were, and he's saying, we don't need you in the battle. Now listen carefully. If you're one of these people that likes to gossip, then why don't you just become a hermit? That's what God is saying. God is saying, don't you infect other people with your long, sharp tongue. He's saying, don't you affect other people with... Look, you know why you're here this morning? You're here because... There's a fellow walks out that door, been walking out that door for over 40 years, that's upbeat. And I don't walk out of here and say, pray for me this morning. The load is heavy. Oh, pray for me. That lasts about three weeks. You'd go somewhere else and stay home and, uh, and, and not go to church at all. You're here because there's an old man up here who's on the top side of it who's saying to you, we can, we can, we can. The victory is ours. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why you're here. And ladies and gentlemen, God is saying, we can't win the battle with a bunch of negative people. So, let's put it down where you can reach it. If you're a quitter, don't enroll in college. If you came here just to get a husband and to leave, don't enroll. If you came here just to, just to spend a few months and see what it's all like, don't enroll. God said, if you're faint-hearted, hear me now. He said, if you're faint-hearted, he said, go home. That's what God said. Go home. There's a battle to fight. We don't need people who are negative and quitters. God said, go home. There's a battle to fight. Listen carefully. If you're a quitter, don't get married. Be an old maid. Or a young maid. Or an old mater. 
Just don't get married. I said, if you are, and you know who you are, don't you give the person you say you love a quitter for a spouse. I'm coming out with a book, a book from my Bible studies on marriage. The title of that book is the title of a little booklet. In fact, it'll, it'll be a part of the book on marriage. And the title is Marriage is a Commitment. Marriage is not I will if you will. It's I will if you won't. I'm saying if you are a quitter, don't marry. If you're a quitter, don't turn to preach. Don't walk down this aisle and say, God's called me. You know, what you're, you know who you are. You know if you're a quitter. You know if you're a faint-hearted. You know if you fly back when the door going gets rough. You know what you are. Listen, I'm not a great preacher, but bless God, I know how to hang in there. And I'm not a quitter. And I don't turn back. And I'm not yellow-spined. And I'm not yellow-bedded. Now, God is simply saying, if you are a quitter, don't you get married. And don't you get called to preach. And don't you send to preach. And don't you go to college. He's saying, if you are a quitter, don't start. If you're a quitter, don't take the Sunday school class. I like these people here have been teaching 30 years. This house has been teaching 40 years in one department. One department. She ought to get promoted someday, but she's not qualified to go any higher. But now, wait a minute. 40 years. Pastor's wife of the largest church in America teaching a junior high class. 40 years. Would you like to know what class Dr. Robertson taught for the 40 years he was pastor of Highland Park Baptist Church? He taught the elderly ladies' class. Now, I'm saying, if you are a quitter, don't you enroll in college. If you're a quitter, don't you get married. If you're a quitter, don't you serve to preach. If you're a quitter, don't take the job. If you're a quitter, don't take the Sunday school class. If you're a quitter, don't start a bus route. If you're a quitter, don't get in the battle. We need stayers. We need endurers. We need perseverers. We need finishers. We need durables. We need standers. We need continuers. We need lasters. We need bearers. We need completers. We need fulfillers. We need uh, persisters. We need remainers. We need survivors. If you are a survivor, jump on in. The water's fine. If you are a continuer, the Bible says they continued. They continued. They continued. Every time the going gets rough, every time it seems like the clouds are low, every time the stormy weather comes, every time the battles come, you just bow your neck and say, I came to stay. I came to stay. The Brother Vineyard used to say to his church, you don't like my preaching, you leave. It's easier for you to move your membership than me to move my furniture. Now you listen to me carefully. You listen to me carefully. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how charismatic your delightful personality is. I don't care how friendly your smile is. Brother, the victory is to those who endure. The victory is to those who persevere. And God said, if that's not the kind you are, you go back home. We've got a battle to fight. We have a nation to conquer. We have enemies to, to, to overcome. We have crops to raise. We have land to clear. We have houses to build. And if you're faint-hearted, go home or you'll make somebody else faint-hearted. Now, he's telling us to avoid negative people. He's telling us to avoid little-souled people. 
Some of you high schoolers ought to change your friends. I'm talking about Hammond Baptist high schoolers. You ought to change your friends. You you leave those little soul people, they'll make you little soul too. You leave those rule breakers, they'll make you a rule breaker too. He's saying avoid negative people. He's saying avoid little soul people. He's saying avoid quitters. He's saying avoid gossips. He's saying avoid critics. Hey, you know why this church is here today? Because some people came to stay. They came to stay. That's why we're going to honor the people. Been here 40 years. Well, there have been times when they didn't think I preached well. There have been times when they thought I made some, some mistakes. There have been times when they thought the church wasn't perfect. But they came to stay. When you get married, you come to stay. When you surrender the preach, you come to stay. My Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind. I'm tired of preachers quitting the ministry to go into some kind of secular work. Make a buck. Listen carefully. I have a sermon that I've used some across America, not a lot. Fixed it here once. In that sermon, I say this. Decide what you want to be and get with people who are like that. That's the story of Elisha and Elijah. Elisha said to Elijah, I'm sticking with you. Elijah said, look, I've got to go to the next town. You stay here. Elisha said, where you go, I go. Elijah said, look, okay. So they went. He, he came to that town. He, Elijah said, I've got to go down to the next town. Elijah, and he said, you stay here. Elisha said, where you go, I go. Why? He said, because I want a double portion of your spirit. And that word spirit is not the Holy Spirit. It's a little S, which means Elisha said to Elijah, I want your optimism. I want your zeal. I want your vigor. I want your enthusiasm. I want your attitude. I want your courtesy. I want your niceness. goodness. I want your personality. He said, I'm going to get your spirit, little S, before you leave. If you want to be a grouch, plan it. Write it down as a New Year's resolution. In, in 2000, I want to become a grouch. Some of you could write it and say, I became one in 99. But I want to become a grouch. Well, plan it. And here's what you do. You just get with a bunch of grouches. Make ball them off at your best friend. If you want to become a grouch, you listen now, do it scientifically. If you want to become critical, do it scientifically. You find the critic, you find the grouch, you find the negative person, and you get with that negative person, I promise you, you will become what you hang around with. Yes, you will. So God said, you grouches, go home. You'll make other grouches. You faint-hearted people, go home. You'll make other folks faint-hearted. You quitters, go home. You'll make other folks quit. That sermon... In that sermon, I tell you to decide what you want to become and what you want to be, and you get with people like that. Some of you ladies ought to change your telephone companions. In some cases, you ought to change your soul winning partner. You ought to change your so-called best friends. Why? Because what God says here, they'll make you faint-hearted too. They'll make you small soul too. They'll make you little People too. You say, who are you talking about? I don't preach corrective sermons. I preach preventive sermons. 
But it's deeper than that. And here's the sermon. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than you getting with somebody that will affect you. It goes farther than that. Not just decide what you want to be and get with people like that, but you decide what you want those you love to be and get with people like that. You decide what you want your children to be and get with people like that. You decide what you want your husband to be and get with people like that. You decide what you want your wife to be and get with people like that. It's more to it than you getting with a certain crowd of people so you'll become what you ought to become, but you are a conduit. They're flowing to those you love through you. You're carrying to them those you love, the spirit of those with whom you associate. You're allowing people to influence them that you don't that you don't that, that they don't even know. The apostle said, We cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. See what I said? Somebody said, Well, Miles, is that original? There's no such thing as something original. There may be some thought that I didn't get from a book or from a sermon title or some outline somewhere that came to my mind, but I'll promise you one thing. There was a seed placed there by John Rice or Bob Jones or Lester Roloff or some other great Christian back down years ago, and that little seed is germinated. I'm saying there's no such thing as a self-made man. And once in a while, some idiot will speak at Howells Anderson College and say, be yourself. Be yourself. Don't you try to be a... Jack Hiles. Don't you try to be a Lee Robertson. You, you have a hard time improving on that. I'm simply saying this. You are going to be influenced. Young people, listen to me. College students, listen to me. You are going to be influenced by those around you. And God said, don't hang around the faint-hearted. Don't hang around the quitters. Don't hang around the doubters. Don't hang around the skeptics. Don't hang around the gossips. Go back home and get by yourself. And let the optimistic people keep on fighting the battle. Before I knew you, before I ever knew you or preached behind this pulpit, I was getting ready for you. Don't leave me now. Sit up straight. Listen to me. Before I ever knew you, I was getting ready for you. I chose to deliver to you perseverance. I chose to deliver to you endurance. I chose to deliver to you optimism. I chose to deliver to you tenacity. I chose to deliver to you surviving. I chose to deliver to you to be a spare. How did I choose that? Year by year. I was choosing those that would influence you through me. So, I delivered to you this morning, Lester Roloff. You say, did you copy him? I tried. I delivered to you John R. Rice this morning. I deliver to you, Bob Jones, saying, hey, whom are you delivering to those that you love? You will deliver to your children what you got, the, the material that you got in that telephone conversation this morning. God is saying, you, not only to you, will flow what the, what the call is the people around you, but through you to those whom you love. I delivered this morning 
Bob Jones, Sr., I deliver to you, Dr. Bill Rice. I deliver to you, Dr. R.G. Lee. I deliver to you, my pastor, J.C. Sizemore. I deliver to you, the man that baptized me, Forrest McElroy. I deliver. Why? Because before I ever met you, I was careful with whom I ran. Before I met you, I decided, whoever you are, I did not know my, what my people be like. I did not know where they'd be, what state they'd be in, or who they'd be. I simply knew that someday God was going to give me a people, and I wanted to give them what these men had. That's why I said, oh, I've done that. And by the way, I'm still gathering. There are certain preachers in America I wouldn't spend five minutes with, and I happen to like them. Certain preachers, they, they, they meet me at the airport. I have an outline what we're going to talk about on the way to the hotel. I make me an outline. I say, hey, what do you think about this? I don't want to get their depressed spirit. Did you hear? Oh, Brother Hiles, poor Mr. So-and-so. Did you hear what his wife did? No, I didn't, and I don't plan to. I was in Newport News, Virginia, got off the plane in Norfolk. I preached there for a former pastor, and there's a new pastor there, and I was preaching for him. We did not get the car started till he said, I guess you heard about what happened to the, my predecessor. I said, no, I didn't. He said, well, I'll tell you. And I said, is it good or bad? He said, bad. I said, don't want to know. Don't want to know. But he said, it's true. I said, don't want to know any bad truth. But he said, you're going to hear it. I opened the car door, got out of the car, got my suitcase, got my briefcase, and took off back to the ter terminal. Where are you going, he asked. I said, going home. But he said, why? I said, didn't come to get bad news or came to deliver good news. But I can't deliver good news if I've been gathering bad news from a bunch of negative people. He said, well, hold it, Brother House. He said, your name is on the advertisement. Your picture has been in the paper. I said, tear it out. I am not going to hear what bad thing that preacher did. Two years passed. I was in Burlington, North Carolina. Checked in the holiday in there. I was going to preach in nearby. Sitting out in the car was a preacher. It was the pastor who was the predecessor of this man. The one about whose negative report I wouldn't hear. He said, I've driven all the way from Newport News, Virginia, to Burlington, North Carolina, to thank you. Now, you listen to me carefully, folks. If you want to wreck yourself, go right ahead. But don't you wreck others. If you want to be faint-hearted, go ahead. But don't make others faint-hearted. If you want to be a quitter, go ahead, but quit and go home. God is saying, On Jordan's the banks you stand and cast the wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where your possessions lie. You're bound for the promised land. But you've got to go conquer that land. I'm going to give you the victory, but you've got to have to go and fight the battle and win the victory. And all you folks are little people, little soul people. He said, you stay home. I asked you a question this morning. You high school students are gathering for unborn children. Listen to me. 
your little infant that's born one of these days deserves mom and dad to have a optimistic spirit. And you high school students that run around the negative crowd and the critical crowd, you mark it down. You're gathering and gathering and placing inside your soul and placing inside your soul an attitude and, your, and, 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 and an atmosphere that one of these days when you have a child, you're going to want your child to be happy and cheerful, but you won't have anything to deliver but negatives. Go. Change your crowd. You college students. Young ladies. One of these days, you want to be a wife. And you want to give birth to flesh of your flesh and blood of your blood and bone of your bone. But you get with that little negative crowd at the college. You get with that faint-hearted crowd. Those always talking about wanting to go home. Those always criticizing the last speaker on chapel. Don't you go with those. That's one reason why. Dr. Jack Hiles rarely ever fellowships. When I preach on the road, I have to watch it. It's dangerous out there on the road. It's one of our jokes. If I'm preaching somewhere around the country. Preachers get together after the service at night to go have a bit of fellowship. I go home and work. Home being a motel room. I am not going to give you. Hear me carefully. I am not going to give you faint-heartedness, quitting, turning back, negatives. I'm going to give you a preacher who's on top side. And if I give it to you, since I cannot speak the things I've seen and heard, then I've got to be careful what I see and hear. For whatever I see and hear, I speak, and what I speak determines your attitude. That means you preacher students are gathering for the people God's preparing you for and preparing for you. Be sure that you're around the people that give you the right kind of thing to deliver to them. You're seeing and hearing now. You will speak later. And God said we've got a battle to fight, a country to conquer, land to clear, houses to build, crops to plant, crops to harvest. It's going to take an optimistic outlook. It's going to take being on top side. So you folks, God said it, tell the captains of the people to tell the people. If you are faint-hearted, go home. Or else you'll make somebody else faint-hearted. If you are fearful, or a quitter, flyer, flyback, flighty, go home. Or you'll make Others fighting. An old story. I love it. It lasts about 60 seconds. Now it's through. Richard Newton. The closest friend I ever had other than John R. Rice for a male. Not because I loved him more than I loved others. But because he and I, of the 40 courses we took in high school, 39 of them we took together and sat side by side. Only one course in all the four years of high school did we take without sitting side by side. Every other morning, I'd ride my bicycle down to his house. We'd catch the bus there. Every other morning, he'd ride his bicycle to my house. We'd catch the bus there and I'd ride to school. We used to go downtown Dallas and have more fun. We'd get on the corner of Ackard and Elm Street. That's no Irving and Elm. That's the busy corner in downtown Dallas. We'd go right out in the middle of the street. 
stop traffic and look up. When God walked by, he'd look at us. By actual count, we had 40 people. The business corner of Dallas, Texas. Stop traffic. In the 40 were two policemen. Just looking up. You say, at what? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Do the same thing. We've done it too. Richard and I used to do a lot of this stuff. We'd get on the sidewalk. You'd have several dozen people looking for something that wasn't even there. Forty years ago, last August 30th, a young man came from Texas, 32 years of age, with a lovely bride. For 40 years, and almost a half, that old man's been doing this. And that's why you're here. And that's why all across America, we've got a bunch of house medicine graduates who are... We don't see nothing, but we look up. God said, you got some tough days ahead of you, but I promise you the victory. But he said, you're going to have to stay upbeat. Now, if you stay upbeat, he said, you're going to have to be sure you're not around people that are downbeat or deadbeats. See? Good night, it's 12.08. I didn't know that. I thought it was just 12.07. Some of you need to change your crowd. Change it. Our kids can go to the public school. It won't affect them. You need to go to a 55 psychiatrist psychiatrist before morning. And after they mess you up, come to me. I'll tell you what to do. I don't care who you are. You're not going to run with a heathen crowd and not be affected by it. You're not going to do it. Give them the crowd looking up. Just looking up. Would you bow your heads, please?